0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember... That imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. My guest today is Ron Baugh. He is a group leader and the CEO of Global network currently, but he has quite a history uh, leading uh, people and leading hospitality organizations companies uh, restaurants I guess really is what we 're uh, what we 're talking about williams coffee pub and wendy 's and all the way back to Weber's burger. Who hasn't had a Weber's burger at some point or another? And uh, Ron and I today have just a, a lot of fun together talking about what makes a great leader and what are those little bits of business? What are those little steps that we all make? Those things, you know, you you know, I like to talk about incrementalism. What are those things that 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 allow us to get? to the next rung on the ladder, I guess you could say. We talk about priority versus balance. We talk about being self-aware and about A players and how we encourage respect within, you know, and... Uh, professional conflict. That's kind of interesting. And about being present all the time. Ron talks about 11 things that he's learned, uh, flipping hamburgers, because that's how it all started for him uh, quite a few years ago. And sadly, I don't think he tells us how long ago that actually was. Anyway, we talk about unregulated mentorship. How cool is that? And the power of a thank you. So stay tuned. Uh, Coming right up, uh, davidpecklive.com for more information about my own podcasting and uh, writing. You can also donate to uh, what I'm doing here and help help support uh, what's going on at face-to-face through patreon.com and don't forget rabble.ca too for more information on my own podcasting and they got a new exciting website that they've posted so check it out soon Ron Baugh coming your way. Well welcome to to face-to-face we're joined by a very special guest uh, here today in uh, North Oakville actually not too far from where I live and uh, Ron Baugh is here with us today and and uh, he's a he's a I was going to say you were a former CEO, but I don't know if that's fair, Ron. Maybe it is. Thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Thanks so, for having me on.
0: So, so we've got Canadian Tire. we got uh, Harvey's. Yeah. We've got the CEO Global Network. Uh, everybody, I think, has ha- had a Weber's Burger. At, if you live in Ontario, I think you've... you've it, 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 and you've headed into Cottage Country at any point in time in your life, you've had a Weber's Burger. Um, how has... That played such a significant role in your life. You will, you refer to it, I think, on your LinkedIn profile, even.
1: Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, that's a really good question. I don't know if I can do justice to the answer, but it, uh, not only for me, for many, many young men and women, uh, was a defining moment in my uh, career. Uh, unknowingly at the time, it was a young person starting to work there as a kid, 17 years old. But I can tell you, there's not a week that goes by in my business world or my life personally where uh, the subject of Weber's doesn't come up. Either I raise it or someone asks me about it. And it's been, you know, 1978 was the first year I worked there. Wow. <laughs> and so it's just it's phenomenal to me that uh, that it's been it's played that that important a uh, piece of my life uh, the way it's played out, and uh, so grateful for the
0: experience. So, so one of those things that you were, I mean you know you look back and you start to understand right the past makes sense the dots connect i mean you're standing over the barbecue flipping burgers you got no idea what's going on do you at right. that point where where, yeah, where you're I'm going, going I'm no like, you idea you know what's what's happening you you know, know? in
1: fact i was probably going the wrong way when i got that job quickly <laughs> Funny. and, and Funny. i think you know i i really you know i joke about it but uh i think i share with you the fact that that was a probably one of the best things that ever happened to me was getting a job there as a young kid. You know, it was really kind of lost in in what direction I was headed. And that really helped me, uh, not only, uh, you know, the management and the owner in Paul Weber, but, you know, the people I was associated with. I was uh, really fortunate to be around really great, great kids who, you know, were supportive. So it... uh, uh, and it it did become over the years. I spent 13 years there, uh, on and off. It did become That's a, lot burger. yeah, it's a lot of burgers. Yes, a lot of burgers. That's a lot of burgers. I love hamburgers
0: still. <laughs> so, to this That's day, I love a hamburger. We should have done the interview at like Harvey's. We they just we opened should. an A and W around the corner here. So I did. Yeah. Yeah, like brand new, like a week old baby. Yeah. Good. Yeah. The future seems to be in in um, gourmet burgers, I guess. Right. Right. The, the higher end burgers, almost. You know. Uh, Better meat, more sustainable, uh, you know, organic vegetables, and so on. There's a few of those in this town, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, well, he was way ahead of his time. He uh, hmm. he was a, a stickler for quality. He great, you know, he put his own butcher uh, facility in the actual. You wouldn't know that going there, but they grind and patty. This is uh, at Weber's. Great, yeah, did, uh, Paul. Did, did, yeah, uh, Paul Weber Senior did this years ago, and um, and he he was a uh, he was a um, While well, he was a shy guy himself, he was a stickler for quality and for cleanliness, and, and he really uh, he really
0: paid attention to the detail and taught us to do the same thing. Did you did you know that it was going to go on? I mean, it's gone on to be quite a company, hasn't it? Really? I mean, it's 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 expanded beyond just the burger. I mean, we you can buy burgers, Weber burgers, in the store now. I mean, hasn't hasn't it sort of grown outside it, of? Is it uh, Aurelia?
1: It's it has grown and shrunk. So growth. it's gone through okay. a growth period, and and uh, and there was some expansion that that was successful in some ways, and there were some parts that maybe weren't. But it's it's really back to its original roots, and it's been sold. Uh, to, oh, okay. so so it's not owned by the Weber family anymore, but they've got a, a great uh, guy who uh, who um, who bought the. I bought the restaurant. I was telling you, I wrote him a letter when he bought it, uh, and not knowing him at all, but just uh, outlining to him things that I thought that he should not shouldn't do. And, uh, and I spent a lot of time on it, and uh, he, he phoned me and said, you know, you're not alone. Like You're not the only person I've heard from. And so there's a, there's a whole troop of us who are wanting to protect the, uh, the identity. And, and, you know, things have to change. Things have to grow, and, and he's been sure. really smart about that. Sure, But, sure. Uh, but there's a, quite a loyal following of ex-employees that really would love to see the place prosper.
0: It's interesting you know the, so that was exactly where I was going so you you say loyal following of employees you've talked about great people you've talked about Paul sounds like he had an edge of humility to him absolutely I mean you drive north and I've stopped in a couple times I can't be bothered with the lineup mm-hmm. it's ridiculous talking mm-hmm. about loyalty you know people parking on the other side and the, 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 I don't know. I've seen I've seen ridiculously long lineups. They're waiting right. for burger and a burger and fries. Yeah. So so what is that? Is that is is that does that come out of uh, this family biz- business that cares about others? I mean I don't know. Is that is that too corny of a question? No,
1: I, I don't think it is. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, people often said to me, customers would say that their weekend their Muskoka experience started the minute they got out of the car at that was That was sort of the starting point. Nice. And so we saw generations of families come through, you know, little kids coming through and know. then bringing their kids through. And so it uh, became
0: well, quite Especially a, for, for weekenders. Absolutely. Right? Because they'd probably stop a couple times a month. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. So we, we'd uh, we'd see that. And uh, um, there was just a real loyalty. And, and there... There, you know, One of the things that Mr. Weber Sr. did was pick an excellent location. It is really mm-hmm. about halfway, and so it's, it's a natural stopping point. On the way home as well, you're not too close to home, so you sort of say, forget it, we'll eat when we get home. So, so the location combined with uh, you know, a dedication to, uh, to doing things properly has, has grown that business and to the point they're serving at, in my day, and it's probably a lot more now, but serving over 8,000 people a day. Yeah, it's a, yeah. yeah, you know, it's wow, uh, a lot of customers,
0: a lot of hamburgers. That would that would explain the lineups. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of fun too. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was. I mean, it was hard work. Well, you it, can it really here. You've got a great deal of of uh, fondness for the place, and for the people, and, and and for the experience. So you. Sounds like you, you, you. Were you going sideways at the time when you got the job? Is uh, you know we don't have to go into that yeah. kind of detail if it's too boring <laughs> it it for yeah. yeah. you. I could bore, bore yeah. your listeners yeah. to death yeah. with yeah. my story. I, uh, but it's interesting yeah. to me, you know, those 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 moments, right? Yeah. Those those epiphanies, those uh, right decisions, or uh, why did you make that choice? Yeah. Here's the, you know, and now you know this many years looking back, you go, how would have things been differently if I hadn't have picked up a spatula?
1: It would have been you know that's a really good question, and I, I don't know the answer to it. But definitely one of the things that I, uh, I learned quickly there was, you know, not, being a big, huge hockey fan, but not being a very good hockey player. Mm-hmm. You know, being not very academic. those Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Certainly. Uh, and uh, uh, it was one of the, uh, you know, it was one of the first things that I became good at. And I became, you know, not to not to sound, you know, I became really good at, as did all my friends who, who who worked there. So it was a sense of accomplishment, of pride. It, Mr. Weber was an incredibly generous uh, individual, so we paid for our schooling uh, by working there, and we mm-hmm. you know, we worked, you know, long hours, uh, quite willingly. Um, so uh, it was it was it was a, a, an influential piece of. Uh, uh, of my forming into adulthood. And, and we would sit and talk after work uh, and uh, and we would talk business and talk about life. And, you know, we had many late night chats there as a group as we, as we, you know, finished mopping up the place and stuff. And so all those things enter into it. It was that type of experience. So lots of, if I think back on, like you said, at the time, probably mm-hmm. not realizing what, what you were mm-hmm. in it is, was was a really formative part of my career.
0: So I'm I'm an electrician by trade. I don't know if I've told you that in the past, but so 8,500-hour apprenticeship. Uh, You probably don't need quite that many hours to cook burgers, but you still learned a great deal over that period, 13 years, that period of time. Would you consider, like, were you mentored these late-night chats? Would you consider it kind of a mentorship? Because sometimes I, you know, uh, when I sort of not even get nostalgic, I just I, I, I remember those days with fondness. You know, the the men and a few women that I worked with uh, in the trade. You know, those relationships that developed and the knowledge that was passed on that you didn't even know about right, right. until years later. Yep. Right, the things that you picked up. It was It's not like you, Paul would have got out the whiteboard or the chalkboard back then, but there were sort of, you know, lessons being communicated. Does, does not make question. sense? Yeah. It
1: makes a lot of sense, and, and it it's absolutely uh, explains what was going on there. And, and uh, it was a mentorship, uh, quite, quite naturally and quite uh, right. you know, unregulated. And, uh, uh, you know, I learned more about business, uh, frankly, working there than I did in, you know, five years of business school. Wow, and, 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 and we're talking about the nuts and bolts, right? The block and tackle, quality service, cleanliness, uh, how to treat people, uh, the power of a thank you mm. and the power of a written note the importance right. of uh, a really white crisp shirt <laughs> you know and how to deal with people under incredible you know volumes and pressure uh, you know this oh, place yeah. moves fast and it's yeah. it's warm in there so a lot of a lot of really good lessons and I, you know I could talk you know a lot and on about many of those and all very much uh, and and I had no idea I was going to enter a career in the restaurant business in fact I uh, it sort of fell into that. Yeah. Quite other than accident.
0: other than kind of what you're doing now with CEO Global Network and your time at Canadian Tire, you're pretty much hospitality. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've been
1: very fortunate, and uh, I've loved the career most of it. And <laughs> <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. truth be told, not yeah. all of it, but sure. most of it. And uh, and it was you know at the time I went, it uh, got involved. It wasn't considered to be a very glorious way to go. Hmm. My friends were doing things that were much more. You know, professional, right? <laughs> so right. you know, I was a restaurant guy, and, and it gets into your system. And anyone who's spent their career in the, in the restaurant business will understand. I'm sure it applies to other uh, professions as well. But it gets you get you get it gets into your blood, and you start uh, to bet. get uh, uh, you just you you get you know good at it, and it becomes a source of income. And well, a real
0: it. I bet a real like any I suppose any kind of vertical or any kind of a club a real a real subculture i would think yeah. like i can imagine what some of those conventions might be like absolutely talking about silverware late into the night yeah that's right <laughs> it's it's
1: work hard play hard right and that yeah. is that is the business and, and it uh, uh it can be done really well and it also can be can be dangerous for people at times as well but uh, uh there's many many success stories and, you know the organizations i've been with uh often you'll see uh an area manager or general manager of a restaurant go on to work in very senior capacities, including CEO of organizations, and they got their start uh, in the kitchens of of uh, a restaurant. So it it has that ability to, if you're uh, if you have a good attitude and and, and you have a work ethic, um, there's a there's it can provide a lot for you. And, and there's lots of people who could talk about the good fortunes they've had
0: of. Uh, do, do, do you think you're a better CEO? Do you think CEOs are better CEOs starting out sweeping floors and flipping burgers?
1: I don't know. I'm probably... Uh, and that can be... Uh, that's, yeah. a,
0: that's, a, that's a metaphor. That's an analogy for any sure. business, really.
1: Uh, you know, I'm probably more critical of myself than complimentary as, a, as my performance as a CEO. What I do know is that serving people is a, a pretty important part of uh, a leading an organization. And if you learn how to serve People at a young age in a genuine fashion, you know, your job as a CEO, as a president, is to serve. It's not. And, and when you're leading a group, you're, you're not telling them what to do. You're trying to bring the best out of them. And, and uh, you know, you, you and I both know it's all about the people. And uh, so a lot of those skills that are learned and the ability to uh, roll up your sleeve. And so the good thing about our business is, you, you know, you have to be able to walk into a boardroom and present a strategic plan. But you also have to be able to walk into a restaurant and, and, and be understood and, and listen and, and be, be current and present with the current staff. And, and they'll know, they'll know if you know. And so I really enjoy both of those things. And so I've, um, I've, often, uh, I've often thought about the fact that that's a, those are completely different uh, environments to be in, but both critically important. So uh, one's facing the customer, and the other one's you know, running the business uh, from a strategic point of view.
0: So what what do you I mean you clearly have some pretty uh, um, uh, I was going to say well informed opinions but they're beyond way beyond opinions you've worked with a lot of leaders you're you're setting out to start up a new global network of, of CEOs that are getting together to commiserate and to uh, to serve one another I suppose you could say Absolutely. in a way um, what. What have you learned along the way? I mean, you know, you talked about a clean shirt, the power of a thank you. I mean, those are all awesome things, right? Really simple things. Right. Um, are you going to write that the five points to great leadership someday? Is that well, coming? I, I
1: actually was on a plane the other day. I wrote, I wrote, uh, which I need to work on, I wrote uh, the 11 things I learned flipping hamburgers. Mm, nice. And, and uh, I should have brought it with me, actually, but I, I'll show it to you later. I'd love to see it. But, uh, uh, yeah, you know, there's uh, there's a... Part of me that, I'm not, I'm not the best writer in the world, but part of me that, that those lessons learned are, are important ones. And uh, one of the things I'm looking for in my, my group, as I, as I uh, fill chairs around the table, is um, uh, looking for leaders who share in the spirit of generosity. And that's something I learned uh, deeply at, at Weber's. And I don't mean just, I just don't mean financially, although I include that for sure. Uh, but generosity of time, of thought, of uh, giving back, and uh, so, quite often, uh, uh, you know, those types of people are people that, that I would be attracted to to, to put into this uh, this group because it's an important function of an executive peer group is to, you know, you, you if it's all take and it's not give, it does it doesn't work. So it's a matter of coming in and me helping you solve whatever challenges you have, and you do the same for me in a in a confidential. And caring manner, and so, but if if you're you quickly you know the, the culture of the group would quickly dispel uh, someone who wasn't uh, transparent or
0: uh, interested in genuinely interested in, in being generous with their with themselves. So tell, tell me and our listeners what what is the CEO Global Network? I mean, it sounds like a community, obviously. Uh, but a community with a pretty intentional purpose. Kind of, is it is it is it a Rotary Club for CEOs? I mean, you know,
1: there'd be many similarities to what people would gain from Rotary uh, in terms of the colleagues and being around uh, like-minded business people. Um, it's about CEOs who want to learn, who who want to uh, who can who are constantly uh, trying to learn, improve their lives both professionally and personally, and who have a desire to get better at what they do uh, and you know it does help uh, CEOs learn to manage both and and I won't use the word balance but you know what I mean by that uh, it, it might be prioritized as a better way to, and so uh, it also is a, a incredibly uh, uh, helpful to have that level of accountability so mm-hmm. when you come mm-hmm. in and present an issue to the group you know 12 you know a month later you're back and people are asking how, how, uh, how I, do you make I out with that, that out. Yeah, and, and if, if you haven't done what you said you're going to do, it. you know, being a CEO or being a president, being a senior executive can be a lonely job. And people don't tell you the truth. They just don't. Uh, so you get around a group of people who are uh, there for you. Uh, they tend to get to read you pretty well. And right. and if you're not, you know, if you're kind of misunderstanding your issue or not being forward with it, they're going to pick it up.
0: So was the global network created because it is kind of lonely at the top? Absolutely. And, mm. uh, and, and, uh,
1: mm. Uh, and, uh, you know, the CEO of CEO Global Network will tell stories about some of the darker moments he had as a CEO and wished he had had this type of format right. to uh, be able to go and say, I've got this major problem. What, what, you know, what would you, uh, the, the men and women around the table, what, what would you do with this and, and in, in a structured way uh, versus just on the golf course with your buddy saying, I've got a problem. Uh, so uh, that's the, the essence of the, of the power of an executive peer group.
0: You know, it's interesting. I just, I love your comment about, about you're looking for, for your group anyway, the one that you're beginning, you're looking for leaders who share in the spirit of generosity. I wouldn't normally think, you know, unless you've gotten, you know, deeply into, I don't know, uh, Covey or Carnegie, Carnegie. I just read recently, I in, in, actually interviewed a guy recently, uh, Larry Scanlon, a, a uh, journalist who's written uh, The Year of uh, Living Generously, mm. uh, about five years ago, and he spent a month with a nonprofit for 12 months. Overseas, locally, um, and just basically, it's a book of stories and the lessons that he learned along the way. It's fascinating. Really, it all of it. And, he, and then at one point he said, "Basically, David, my three hundred pages is it's a book about generosity." Right. And he talks about Carnegie. Carnegie gave away, and he he was a, he was financially generous, but he was also generous in other ways too. Uh, and uh, three hundred and fifty million dollars late eighteen hundreds to early nineteen hundreds, worth about eight billion dollars today or something. So clearly, the Warren Buffett of his time. Um, um, but like you said, not all, only about money, if we went back and looked at great leaders, Churchill and, you know, some of the, some of these great leaders, and is that what we would think of? Would we find that about, I mean, I don't, it doesn't, doesn't, isn't the first thing that springs to mind for me. I'm encouraged by that, mm-hmm. to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, and then of course I want to spring forward and go, is that what our younger generation is learning today as they go? and move into the business world to lead you know the walmarts and the, and the harveys of the world
1: i sure hope so um the people that i admire and that i've, I've had a chance to work with uh i would say almost exclusively share that trait uh, it's and, really and just, interesting. It, just really interesting and uh you know you think about the canadian tire dealers association you've, you've the, buoyed my spirits that's really good the uh uh you know uh if I can generalize, yeah. the, the dealers uh, in that network who are uh, hardworking, successful business people are generous beyond belief, but in ways you never know about. You know, they, they, right. they're they're not, they're not overt. They they have their they have overt charities that they support and stuff like that. But uh, they're very community driven, and uh, and they do a lot of things that just don't hit the uh, the radar screen. That are because that's sort of the way they are, and. And they they give back, you know. Dave Thomas, uh, Dave Thomas, mm, uh, Wendy's was, was was a was a generous person, and part of the the part of the mantra at Wendy's was you give back. You, you just you have to give back. And part this, part, you know, part
0: of the culture.
1: Part of the culture, and and you know you, you can interpret that that's that's a broad statement. Of but, course, but yeah. you and I would both interpret that maybe a little bit differently, but that's okay. It's, yeah, it's, it's just that yeah. on your. On your thought process every day, really. is not just about what's my, in it for me. My
0: sense is, and wow, I know nothing about Dave Thomas other than some commercials and a few articles that are out about him, you know, and maybe after he died. Um, but I got the sense that he might have been a generous guy day to day too, kind of in the way he led. Like I, I, at the office, maybe not. Maybe he was a complete prick no. uh, from the top down. But I kind of doubt it.
1: No, he. he I mean, so I'm, you're saying
0: generosity is not just at home, working with you know local community-based organizations. This has got to tease out. This has got to come out in your day-to-day, nine to five as well. Uh,
1: absolutely. And and you know, um, uh, you you've been an avid networker over the years as well. And. And the really good and the really successful networks, where you sit down and say, "What can I do for this person? What can I do to help them?" And there's oftentimes you're in need, and you need to help. You need help, and and, and I would encourage people to ask for that help when you're in need. But you know, the really successful uh, interactions where you're trying to help other people, and we all fall a victim. I mean, Lord knows, I've been you know in my career I've been. In, Times where our focus has been predominantly on on me because I've been in right. crisis mode or, or sure, whatever, sure. or as a young executive when you're you know young family and you're just trying to make ends meet, you you tend not to maybe have that uh, or you don't display that spirit as much as you'd like to. So as you get a little older in your career and you have a little more time and perhaps have a little more uh, energy for it, uh, you know it's it's a it's a pleasurable thing to do and it um, it's the right thing to do and uh, and uh, there's always a uh, uh, you know, there's always someone out there who needs a little bit of a leg up or, you know, like a little attaboy in the back once mm-hmm. a So, mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't have to be anything grand, you know. It uh, uh, One of the things we, we talk about is the spirit of gratefulness. And you can be grateful for a really good cup of coffee or you can be grateful for a really, you know, a big leg up from someone. But uh, but uh, so it's so the same thing with generosity. It can be small acts. And you, you see you see the sort of movement of the small acts of random kindness where, you know, where people are, for example, paying for the at, at, at Timmy's drive-through for the car behind them just because they feel like doing yeah, those are very interesting things. Mm-hmm. And I think, they really you know, are. That's what yeah. that those are. Uh, you know, many would argue those are the most critical things you can do because you can you can you know I'm I'm an optimist. I think you can make the world a better place by doing small things. Uh, on a regular basis, and if we were, you know, if we we're all doing that on a regular basis. The world just becomes a little bit better place.
0: But, yeah, no, I think. I mean, I think when you look at some of the, and again, we're going to go financial now, but it's not just that. But you look at the bigger donators, you know, the, the Gates and Buffett, and and some of the, these family foundations that are giving away millions every year. It's not just about that. It's about what they're doing with the money, how they're focusing. You know, Gates is to, you know Carter decided to get rid of Guinea worm disease, and boy, they're awfully close. Rotary went after polio, and right. you know these were like all these individuals. I mean, I, I went to a Rotary meeting recently. It was 7 a.m. start. Who yep. gets up to, to, for breakfast to be there for seven right. on a weekday? And you know we go in and, and 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 they're taking pledges to raise money for some water project somewhere in Ethiopia right. or wherever the heck it was. Yeah, brilliant, right? It doesn't have to be. Over there, it can be right here as well, and I, I just, you know, always encouraged by that that kind of uh, uh, I don't know community, I suppose right. that kind of that kind of generosity, as you say, that kind of gratefulness. I love the way you said that. Uh, balance might not have been the right word, but priority was. Right, That's kind of interesting to me. Can you can you tease that out a little bit? Yeah, yeah. I, I you know I I uh, I like to work,
1: and I, and I I like to I like to be really involved in stuff, and so. Uh, and it's personal, right? There's the, there's my level of involvement in a project is is my decision, and it's hard for someone else to say you know you you work too hard on that. Or and I also right. like to take time off. I like to enjoy. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like to enjoy life outside of work. So I think it's just a matter of being strategic and planning because because you know the business world moves quickly, and so to say work life balance to me, I, I don't know any I don't know anybody who's struck a work life. Balance. Right. Who, who walks around and says, "I got this figured out." So it's about prioritizing as as the as the worlds collide your personal and professional life. And uh, uh, so uh, and there's times you know there's times where uh, you know, my daughter is a is a chartered accountant, and there's times where you know there's no work life balance at all uh, because of the demands of the tax season. Um, but there's other times uh, where the, where there's a, a chance for her to you know come up to the cottage and, and relax and take time. So that, that's, it, it, it balances out in the longer run, but uh, uh, so she works really hard at times and it's probably too hard, but there's other times where there's a payback. So I just think it's a str- it's a more of a being you know, on awareness level and and what's right for you might not be right well, for me.
0: So, so what I love about your global network is that that's the kind of thing you're gonna drive, it seems to me. I mean, I don't know what these guys are like and and I know you're just kind of starting out in, ba- in Barrie. Yeah, uh, Barrie, right. Ontario. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you get together with a group of people, I mean, isn't that what makes a great party? You're commiserating with somebody. You're, you're, oh, really? You, you, you know, you might not say, wow, you're suffering from the same thing Absolutely, I am, yeah. but you kind of go away feeling validated, um, you know, feeling, uh, feeling encouraged or whatever, you know, uh, and, and, and it seems to me that a, a network like that allows you to uh, hopefully prioritize, you know, maybe get, Maybe it's time to shorten your to-do list. Right. And a group of your peers, you know, they might hold a little more weight than, say, your your friends at the local pub. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I don't know. No,
1: you're you're on to something there. Yeah, I was in a meeting as a guest uh, a little while ago. One of the group leaders has a very established group. And we, we got in the room. And uh, they, they do spend time talking about, um, they check in at the start of the meeting time, about, you know, out of 10, how are you doing uh, business-wise mm-hmm. and how are nice. you doing personally? And you nice. put like an 8 out of 10 or so, but so, which is uh, to
0: me which is so great because as if you could separate the two right. like, this is what I've always you know when you try oh well this has to be separate from no hang on a minute they're, they're intertwined and and they're and they're becoming more intertwined absolutely. with devices and, and working from home and all these things
1: well if, if John were yeah. here the CEO of CEO Global Network would tell you that they're absolutely intertwined and what makes it what successful CEO do you know that, that has a, a, a beautifully run business and and a disaster. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean we all have right. challenges. Don't get me wrong, right. But right. I, I went to this meeting uh, as a guest and uh, uh, introduced, and they went around the room, including myself, and we put you know the uh, number up. And what struck me was, and these are confidential sessions, but what struck me was just the candidness of, hmm. the, of the candor of the people right. around right. the room, saying you know the things at the shop are good, but boy oh boy, <laughs> you know my seventeen year old son is uh, and and you know. And the group were very supportive. And uh, so sometimes it's just good to get stuff off your shoulders. You know? Yeah, and, sure, And you sure. ran on the table, and obviously everybody had it. Uh, uh, so you walk away, not you know, not encouraged because they're having issues, but you walk away and go, you know what, I'm not alone in, in this world of challenges. You, you often think that other people maybe have things figured out a bit better than you do, and, and
0: it's just not the case. It's just so often not the case. And we so are not alone. And it seems to me it's the kind of thing that, that we need to be reminded of. Certain of us need to be reminded of it more often than not, and I'm one of those people. I, I need to know that I'm... A, and it's interesting, because I've been kind of consulting on my own now for years, and I feel right. as if I'm at a bit of a transition where, you know what, I'm not done with that. I still like my time on my own to create and write and do different things, but there's something really... Um, rewarding and energizing about hanging out with other people right. of, of like mind, and sometimes it doesn't have to be of like mind. In fact, isn't you know, and, and let's connect this back to leadership doesn't a, a great leader get people around him and her that are going to disagree with him? Uh, well, uh, you know, you know if I, really- or at least challenge them. I mean.
1: I would often, uh, you know, you often hire for your, uh, when you get to be at a certain level and a certain age, you, you understand your shortcomings. They're evident. Everybody around you knows them for sure. Right. <laughs> right. You. right. And, Point, and if, yeah. if you're, if you're self-aware and you've, you know, been the benefactor of 360 feedback, you hire to compensate for those roles. And I'll honestly tell you that, that if you, you know, my experience, if you can let your ego, uh, stay out of the picture, which is not easy to do for a lot of us, uh, and let the people around the table. When you selected the A players, and they have to be A players. You can't do this. Mm. For you. you know, B players will mm. have C players working mm. around them. So if you've got an A team. You got to get out of their way. And, and we talk a lot about this. And and it might be that uh, uh, you've got a six or eight person executive team. Your idea might be the worst one at the table. And when it is, you're probably doing a really good job. And 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 I mean sincerely that, not sort of the, you know, not sort of the pedantic kind of oh you know your sure, idea is better sure. than mine. Like really like that's a really good idea because I don't care about. Authorship. I care about the best idea going forward. I care about building the business. I care about the development of my people. So, if you can set the ego aside and, and have A players, and the A players love it when you get out of the way. In fact, when you're really doing your job, they push you out of the way and say, "You know what, Ryan, we got it." Like just you know. so
0: how. So you're not going to believe me, but just just last week, I was speaking to an organization and a fairly high leader within the organization. Certainly not at the top. Large organization. Who admitted to me that maybe a lot of the director, senior director levels uh, within the company wouldn't probably hire their equal or better because of concern and fear and uh, um, just the, the vulnerability that that might create. Right. Wow. I'm not going to bring in somebody who's my age or who has more schooling than me. And I was really blown away by that, but it makes a lot of sense. Do you think that's a real problem? Of, of a lot of companies, a lot of organizations? I,
1: I think it is, and I think the ones that excel don't have that problem. You know, they, they encourage it, and they encourage conflict. They encourage professional conflict. They encourage respect. But, um, right. I come from a family of six kids. and Respect play. with <laughs> professional conflict Absolutely, great. You know how to fight. You know how to fight. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and uh, when you're wrong, which is quite often, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's nice to admit it, and, and, and people uh, uh, people will cut you a lot of slack. You know, when you get in front of a group of uh, uh, franchisees and, and you're wrong, and you will be, uh, you know, often just admitting it is the first step to getting getting it right. And so, so uh, with executive teams, uh, uh, if that fear factors in in the culture of the organization, uh, it's it's it will hamper performance for sure.
0: Well, there's so much of this. I mean, we've got to talk about it in a second here. Sadly, we've got to wrap it up in a few minutes, but I definitely want to talk about top-down and bottom-up and so on. But So the fear, um, to, to, to get to that place where you can encourage respect with professional conflict, it's got to be a truckload of trust, it seems to me, or or, or at least, well, maybe it's just respect.
1: It is, it is trust, and trust is something... You don't write on a, you know, on the board and say we're a trusted organization. Right. Trust is is challenged by every decision you make every day, and, and your reaction uh, to those. So, so, people watch you in leadership positions carefully, of course. And, and you're yeah. tested yeah. every single day in ways you don't even realize you're being tested. So, you have to be present all the time, and uh, and it's and that's you know that's what makes the job a little bit lonely, and a little bit tough at times because you're always on. I mean, there is no there's no room for a bad day. And uh, we all have them. So um, it, uh, it, if that trust is not there or if, you know, the, there's, if there's three instances where the trust is shown and then the fourth one it's not, that's the fourth one, the one that's going to get remembered. You know? So you have to take a long time to build that bank account back
0: up. Are great leaders vulnerable? Are they are they open around coffee at break time, saying, you know what, I'm I'm kind of having a crummy day, guys, just so you know.
1: I find them to be exactly that mm-hmm. way, and the the uh, the ones who aren't are are usually, you know, uh, covering up uh, insecurities or, or uh, inadequacies. So, the really the really good ones are really open, and it's it's quite striking sometimes uh, the candid conversations you have and. Uh, uh, and they are open to feedback you know because mm. uh, I, I you talked
0: you talked earlier about self-awareness and i mean that's a great path we could to go down too. i mean you know how do you become self-aware yeah. right especially yeah. as a leader if you're trapped in some sort of weird structure or crazy organization or whatever or or or, or unhealthy home life you know how, how do you break out of that and, and go kind of shine the light on the darkness over here for, right. for a little while and
1: you're conducting a one-on-one with a, with a with a senior person in your organization, or anybody in your organization. You can ask them, well, what's the number one thing I can do for you today to help you? And at the end of the discussion, asking them for a little feedback on, on you. It's right. it's easy right. to do. It's free. Uh, if you do that on a regular basis, people will get comfortable with that. Because... Uh, wouldn't you rather know? Wouldn't you rather hear? Uh, as, and you know what it's like sometimes. You, you take a, a deep soul and say, really? But it really helps. And uh, I think uh, the great organizations that I've been with, I've been lucky to be with some fantastic ones. Um, there's a real spirit of uh, feedback. In fact, in many of the organizations, you're expected to, you know, to be um, in that vein, both being uh, your ability to receive it, and your ability to give it, which is sometimes very hard for people as well, uh, is to be able to be honest and candid. And, uh, and Lord knows, I could share all sorts of examples with you of things that didn't work out well. Right, this way too. of course. I'm talking about more the ideal situations. These
0: are, uh, I guess, ways of seeing and ways of living. Right. I mean, right. this is this is uh, you know not going to happen all the time. No. Um, you know, I have a friend who's a, uh, I went to high school with, uh, Thistletown Collegiate Institute in Etobicoke, Rexdale, actually I grew up in, and he's the CEO of, of a, a large company in Montreal. And he said to me once, you know, you got to hire, and this must be, it's a little Jim's Jim Collins like, sure. but you know, you got to hire great people, David. Don't 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 hire good people. Hire great people and you and you, you know you talked about a players yeah if you've got A players in the room and you've got trust wow you've got you're you' you're you're more than well on your way how do you get to the great people I mean is is it six figure salaries it's got to be more than that
1: it, it is more than that we, we talk about this a lot this is something uh, at uh, at CEO Global that we, we we talk about how to how to hire how to uh, train how to you know keep a players, and how to keep how yep. to keep them Part of the strategy for that is is what I said earlier is 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 getting out of their way and, and letting them right. truly be right because A players you know the minute the minute the, the challenge and the learning is gone they're gone you know they're 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 on to the next one but compensation definitely you know it's it, it's it often isn't the number one in fact rarely is the number one but but good young talent know they're good and, and they know that their market values are so you have to pay market or slightly above isn't it nice if you if you go to apply for a job and your salary expectation is You've Got a range, and, and I come in just slightly above your high, yeah. even if it's five thousand right. Right. Sure. dollars. And you go home, yeah. and then you go, Guess what? Yeah, I had my high, and they, yeah, you know, no, you, why not? And, yeah. and
0: and uh, well, we're back to uh, an increment in the scale on the scale of generosity, it seems to me, right? right? Wouldn't that wow, what kind of company am I now working for? Absolutely. They offered me more. And I ask for like what a nice starting place and it really yeah. doesn't matter yeah. at the end of the day yeah, right you know, for it, a large it, firm it, 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 five it, grand a year it, over ten years is it, yeah. it's it's
1: well worth it so yeah, yeah so and then you know good people uh, attract good people and uh, the culture of the organization is so critical and uh, and and uh, um, and always being on the lookout you know a good CEO good president of the company is always on the lookout for good talent like. Everywhere, all the time, and, right, uh, and right. uh, you know, it's See. that lot of attraction that, sure, that, sure. that, that enters into it. And uh, uh, you know, it's not about ping pong tables, and you know, I mean, those are nice things, to yeah, do. sure, and they're, sure. they're great and everything, but but you can't force a, a culture that uh, through through those means. So 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 it's a it's a full time job finding them, keeping them, challenging them, and uh, and then you know what? Once in a while, you gotta let. You gotta let people move on, and uh, there's often times right. where I can't right. offer the I can't offer the opportunity that you know. That you've moving elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So you know what? Yeah. Yeah. what goes around comes yeah. around. Off sure. you go, sure. and sure. congratulations. I
0: love what you said about about getting out of their way. I mean, I, I immediately go to some of the roles I've had over the years where you were micromanaged, and you know you were pulled into an office uh, four or five, six, seven times a week, or the phone would ring, and you go, No, please, it's not. Oh yeah, yeah. It it's him, and and uh, like phys- like physiologically, there would be a shift. I've yeah. had a couple of those relationships where you just you so, and, 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 so we are going to get to we got to wrap it up but we're at my top down question, I guess and I'm not even sure what it is but I think you've kind of already answered it frankly with you know uh, be be a human being as a good leader be be generous genuine be, be gracious yeah. be genuine be vulnerable I mean you know get out of people's way holy cow I mean and I I'm, you know what I'm thinking of now is. Um, Robert Fulgham's book, "Everything I, I Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten." Have you ever read that? <laughs> no, I but, I, but I should write you that should write it, yeah. You should it. You should. You should read it. it. Honestly, it would take you a couple hours on the on the deck, you know, uh, um, with a Weber hamburger. Um, <laughs> That's right. Uh, but it's a small book, and, and it's kind of. And the idea is, again, it's relational. It's community. It's treat others well and with respect, and all these things that it seems uh, often we do forget. Um, Ron, so let's wrap it up here. But but you know, one of the things that I, I worked in uh, banking for a while, and I, sometimes I thought that there was a different ethic during the day that people worked with, than they would have taken home at night. You know, from nine to five, I'm. It's okay for me to screw you because it's just my job. But once I get on the go train, I'll behave a little differently. Um, and and I probably have examples. I don't have anything right now. Do you think that is is it's almost like my misbehavior or misbehavior was justified because it's just my job. Does, yeah. does that make sense? It makes yeah. sense, but yeah. I don't. I don't buy it. Right.
1: Right. Right. It makes a lot. Of, we, we can justify just about anything if we put our minds to it, right? We, we're, we're we're great at that. And uh, uh, but uh, often in organizations, you know, saying saying what needs to be said or or, uh, or doing the right thing takes a ton of courage. And it can cost you your job. It can, it can. cost you. And, and, yeah. And, you know but, what?
0: Maybe that's the reality, right? But
1: you know, I think um, if you have a set of values, and, and you know, Lord knows, I've you know, I've been in those situations where uh, where it's uh, impacted me both positively. Uh, right. I've right. been rewarded for it, and been hurt by it. But uh, it's a value system. I think you, you know, in leadership, you shine the spotlight on your people. Uh, if you're going to let like, get other get out of their way and let them do it, you have to allow them to make mistakes. Right. And when they do make mistakes, you get in front of the bullets. So you, right. you give them right. all the credit for, right. for for everything. But when when the going gets tough, and, you, and if you get up and stand up and take a bullet for uh, your teammate, team member, direct report, whatever, uh, you know, those are the testaments of, of, of a true leader. Mm-hmm. And, and, and mm-hmm. nothing ever goes perfect, right? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, but I don't think, I don't think um, just from a, a personal point of view that you can be jekyll and hyde and 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 lead a successful uh, career i'd like to
0: i mean it's been a long time since i've been out of that culture that corporate culture and it was one one of many i would like to think that's going by the wayside that that's old school that's that was one department right i mean years ago i learned in the trade that you're only as good as you know the or your the company's only as good as the person you're working under i mean there's so much truth to that Right. right it's so, so, yeah, I don't want to just paint no, and you want to sep- corporate subculture with that brush. But. For
1: sure. And you want to separate out, uh, you know, purposely harming someone from competition. Because competition is fantastic and, right, and, and, right, and needs right. to be in every facet sure, of business, sure. including competing sure. with, with uh, other companies. But also there's competition within organizations uh, that is really
0: healthy as well. So, so I'll separate that out just a little bit. So can you give us one of the 11 things you've learned?
1: Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: and and it, and is it going to be a book?
1: I don't know. You'll have to help me with I, it. I, I <laughs> mean, no, if I write it, no what? one's going to read it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I that. <laughs> well, we're gonna
0: we're gonna talk more about that. But have you got a title for it yet? Uh, uh,
1: no, no. I just was on the plane I can see,
0: see some of the cover art. I think you, already. You, you
1: know, yeah. a number of people have mentioned yeah. it to me. So you should try and write oh, it down. That's and because I because uh, I, I, I I get you know. My wife has stories that I've told so many times that uh, she's asked me to kindly retire them. So I just have to keep meeting new people like you so I can tell, because I'm in love with my well, stories. you, you uh, yeah. got to write a book and yeah, yeah. get
0: it under your system. That's And then maybe make some money doing it. Who yeah. knows, right?
1: Well, one of the things that uh, that uh, I learned to, that would be one of the 11 is Mr. Weber would uh, marvel at uh, the cleanliness of some of the supplier's trucks. And so... Hmm. So the metaphor is that you know, you know when you're when you're doing business in public and and there's a certain supplier that come out and and they had the cleanest trucks going and, and it, it was just a, a, a tribute. It's often like you go into a, a washroom of a, of a restaurant, you kind right. of judge the cleanliness of it. So it's and you lovely. really notice it. You really notice it. So when you're delivering to a customer, all those things matter and uh, yeah. and being proud of your emblem, proud of your family name, proud of your company name, and and putting your best foot forward. Or, or little things like like having a really clean truck are really really important, especially in our business. So. The
0: little things. It's almost like we, we we wrote that in because that's been my mantra for years now. The little things make a big difference, and, and you know incremental change, and you know just you know random acts of kindness, all yeah. that kind of stuff. So there's been a real lovely thread, I think, in our conversation today. Thanks a lot for your time, Ron. Oh, I, I wish it. you well with the book. I really mean that. I I think I can <laughs> see it on Indigo shelves, man. I can see the cover. And uh, slowly creeping up to, to, uh, to take uh, overtake uh, Stephen Covey's uh, okay. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. We've got okay. Four hundred
1: <laughs> colleagues rolling their eyes right now, going, oh, "He's, he's <laughs> yes. going to write a book. We're in real trouble." Yeah. <laughs> so, the uh, eleven
0: things he yeah, learned yeah. flipping hamburgers. <laughs> well, uh, Ron Bottle with us today, ta- ta- talking about uh, you know leadership, and, and, and we didn't even get to your bridging strategy, but maybe that'll be for part two. Well, uh, and uh, thanks thanks for your time today, Ron. Really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on.